Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at Real Nerds on Instagram. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Camera, action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can... Just talk film! I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Take it outside. This is Real Nerds Podcast, the best movie podcast on the internet. Not verified by anybody except bragged about by me. I am Ryan. I am joined by Brad. Hey. Every week on Real Nerds Podcast, for over 12 years, we've seen a new movie and we've podcasted our experience to the world. This week, we saw Godzilla Minus One. Stay tuned where we'll recommend the film or not play the trailer then we'll also spoil the movie um we also talk about the big movie news story of the weekend things we watched throughout the week something we've been doing for a long time brad so long when will curse be lifted (laughs) i I was um shocked when you posted our spotify stuff in our uh episode from 12 years ago was popular (laughs) or 11 years ago or whatever it was yeah, I don't interact with Spotify really for our episodes. They just absorb our feed because all they do is steal other people's stuff and make money off of it. Yeah. But, uh, they sent me an email saying like, hey, here's your unwrapped. And everyone else is supposed to unwrap. So I was like, eh, it's free social post for us, I guess. Yeah. You know, and uh, we've grown our audience on there. So that's good. Yeah. I remember at the con this year, people were asking us like, are you on Spotify? Are you on Spotify? And I was like, yeah, that's no, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely the, um, thing where people stream the most from now you know yeah they um, shouldn't but yeah <laughs> i agree but what are you gonna do yeah <laughs> yeah <Yep. laughs> that's, that's about it yeah. i got nothing else all i do is work all the time yeah support other musicians and artists by just streaming locally don't yeah use an aggregator that pays like one dude like a 100 million dollars a year and then pays royalties <laughs> of like a cent they, uh, don't pay someone who uh don't stream from someone who underpays Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, totally. It's it's pretty amazing how much money they generate and how much they actually pay out. And the music industry did it to themselves with how they <laughs> introduced streaming and stuff, but still it's not fair to the artists that are really trying to make it or people that aren't Taylor Swift, you know. Yep. But I digress. You do. <laughs> this is a movie podcast. Yeah, exactly. So we saw Godzilla minus one. Brad, do you recommend the new Godzilla from Toho? Yeah, I guess uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, the creature effect 
CGI creature in this movie, fantastic. Like, needs to win the awards. Um, just the most amazing Godzilla CGI Godzilla I've, I think I've ever seen. Story though, meh. <laughs> oh, really? Wasn't really sucked into it. Um, but every time the destruction was on screen and their CGI Godzilla was terrorizing Japan, um, just chef's kiss perfection. I was reading that it only cost fifteen million dollars. Yeah, that's it, pretty impressive. Like the credit at the end said, like written, directed, and VFX by the director. Like, wow. Uh, one that <laughs> talk about hard work. Fuck. I would like to investigate further on how uh, <laughs> that is possible. So, but yeah, if, if if one dude did it, yeah, sure, fifty million. Wow. Yeah, I think this is actually one of the coolest Godzilla movies I've seen in a long time. And I'll push back on you. I actually thought the story was pretty interesting. And I thought it was, of all the Godzilla stories, this one was the most human. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I, yeah, you're right. The Godzilla was so impressive. Um, Just like, I, even when you looked at his scales, like just... Yeah, like you said, Chef's Kisses. Here's a trailer for Godzilla minus one. Godzilla minus one is really the story. It's um, it seems like it's kind of a parallel universe of Godzilla where he shows up where it's a blend of like the really early Godzilla's and then the later ones. And it's maybe a different universe. Well, it's the, the 70th anniversary of the franchise, oh. right? Yeah. Like 70th. Did I get that right? I think so. Uh, but yeah. I feel like that's like, this is a movie that's sell like, it's just kind of like a, Hey, we're going back to the original and it's a reimagining of that type thing. 
Yeah, because the story takes place towards the end of World War II when Japan has already basically lost the war. And it picks up with um, a fighter pilot who is a kamikaze pilot. And he lands at this island where it's made for uh, pilots with kamikaze planes to get fixed so they can fulfill their mission. And then you learn that he his plane was fine and he just didn't want to carry out the mission. Yeah, he fixed um, an injury. Yeah, and what's cool is Godzilla shows up, but he doesn't look quite like Godzilla. And um, we learned that he's you know not full grown Godzilla yet. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think they're suggesting really... that the atom bomb kind of mutated something. Yeah, in the water. So yeah, it, that that initial f- sequence on the island is probably him at you know twenty percent strength. Yeah, because it's interesting because he kind of seemed like a kind of a T Rex and a Raptor mix at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, a lot more nimble. And I, I thought it was interesting. I said, "Oh man, he looks great." Anyways, um, I can't remember the guy's name. Was it Takahiro? Is that right? Nope. <laughs> no, nope. I'll look it up though. Yes. Oh no, it starts with an S. Um, darn it, look it up for me. Uh. But while Godzilla is ta- attacking the outpost, uh, he's has guns on his plane that they think can take him down, and he chickens out, and all the mechanics are <laughs> killed by Godzilla, and he survives, and it creates this tension between him and the lead mechanic. Shikishima. Shikishima. Uh, what is it one more time? Shikishima. Shikishima, yeah. So he kind of goes back home where he's further... Um, ostracized from the city because the Tokyo bombings happened. And, you know, the one lady who lives next door says, well, maybe if you carried out your mission, this wouldn't have happened. Um, And then, you know, Godzilla kind of goes away for a while and it really focuses on survival guilt and is a kamikaze mission. And if you don't follow through with it, does that really make you um, a coward? And he takes in a woman and this child that was orphaned through the bombings as well. And they soon learn that Godzilla's headed back to Tokyo. And um, he pops up in, uh, I guess, I don't know. It must be a suburb of Tokyo, that Ginsha. Ginsha, yeah. And and he freaking destroys the city <laughs> and um, goes back in to the water and they have to devise a plan to stop him. And that's pretty much uh, the, the movie. But I, I thought it was cool too, because they made Godzilla really scary. in it. You know, he wasn't that uh, kind of misunderstood monster. He was literally just hell bent on destroying things. Yes. Yeah, so it feels like the last few uh, Godzilla movies, the Godzilla was like uh, sort of the, an anti-hero like he actually yeah. helped the humans so uh it was interesting to pop into this movie and he's full-on just you know not <laughs> yeah, heroic at all <laughs> i'm gonna destroy everything you know yeah for no good reason i can decipher <laughs> he's just angry that cool he was too because like as he got bigger like he wasn't as agile and you could tell like he had more um weight to him and he was more powerful yeah, and, he, he moves exactly like the costume in the old movies at that point. Yeah. But he's a CGI creature. Cool. 
Yeah, and then when the uh, his uh, like they've shown him like powering up like atomic breath before with the scales, but yeah, like when each of the, the spikes like actually like deforms to do the charge, like that was cool. Yeah, it's cool because it kind of gives it um, like an anticipation and it adds suspense to it, even though you know it's coming. You know, yeah, um, there's a build up for the anticipation. And then every time he's, uh, you know, the shots of him swimming through the water, like chasing mm-hmm. ships, like just looks so realistic. It does. It's great. And I love the music in it. It was like an updated of his original like theme song. Yeah. It was just cool. The only thing I, the one critique I have of it is sometimes characters would set up things just to set up stuff like how they were going to kill him. I'm like, wow, they already have all this stuff ready. Like the radiation buoys and stuff. Yeah. Cause they yeah. said he was coming back in like 10 days. That seems not a lot of time to call that up. Yeah. Like I like editing when it's uh maybe they talk about the plan as it's actually happening. Like it just kind of yeah. things up. Um, Cause yeah, like I felt, what was this movie? Like two and a half hours. No, I think it's only like an hour and 40 minutes. 125. Okay, you're right. It felt like the drama parts really felt really long to me. Like, I don't know. I, I think I got No, I, I think you're right. And because, like, I liked the story of the guy who has survivor guilt and he's trying to be a hero. And I love that they brought back his, you know, the mechanic. And the mechanic got over it. Because he, you know, he said there's an, an ejector button and, you know, you need to live. You know, what's the point of you dying too? And um, I just really like that stuff. I would have liked it more too if his um, not wife, but girl he loved actually died. But, you know. <laughs> well, also, I was like, why couldn't she just like push them both into the. I know, like, space in the in. wall. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That kind of stuff is silly to me, but but that's why I would never be make a movie because you know how she gets you know um, after the atomic breath basically the recoil from the weapon uh, or his breath like blows her away. If it was me, I'd just have her skin get ripped off. You know, <laughs> it might be the Mortal Kombat person in me. Oh, I thought uh, Godzilla like targeted like part of the uh, like explosion area just happened to have like a. A power plant or something so that was the i didn't realize it was like his breath recoil or something yeah i think it was yeah i don't know what the scientific word is but it's shock when wave. the bomb goes off the shock wave maybe yeah no i just thought like because there was a crater afterwards i was like oh oh okay maybe it inadvertently hit like a power plant or something and so like just did double damage um oh i mean that makes sense why he did it <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that was cool though when he was destroying that uh city I like too that they sh- they were showing when his tail would whip and knock things over, mm-hmm. and when he was killing the the reporters, <laughs> and how the government was covering it up. I think was uh, really fascinating. Um, I don't know. I just thought the movie was really cool, and um, it made Godzilla scary. And um, I don't know. It was just is a pleasant surprise, and I really just picked it because I said, you know what, we don't do very many foreign films. And at least this one is a monster that destroys things. 
Yeah, no, I, as far as Godzilla movies go, it's definitely one of the best I've seen. I just, yeah, I felt some of like the, the drama was a little drawn, drawn out. Sure. He does go away for a while in the middle. Yeah, like I, I, I wish there was more. Like there's only like two big, like there's the opening scene of destruction, which is kind of quick. And then there's the middle and then there's the very end. Um, So, yeah, I just kind of wish there was more going on action wise in between there because yeah a lot of it a lot of the rest of that time is just like survivor's guilt and malaise and um yeah 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 no it's fun i think everybody should see it yeah definitely worth a watch cool uh this is the big movie news of the week it's real news Well, of course, the big movie news isn't movie at all. It's on February 23rd. Rod Stewart releases his new album, Swing Time, um, which you can pre-order right now on Amazon and get the limited edition green vinyl. And uh, when you and you can also listen to the first single from it um, called Almost Like Being in Love, which everybody should do. Oh, I didn't know Rod Stewart bought commercial time on our space. That's cool. Yeah, of course he does. <laughs> I've written like 20 articles about him. You didn't tell me you discussed that when you met him uh, a couple months ago. That was, that's impressive. Yeah. He, he said, hey, mate, uh, yeah, I need you to put some time on your podcast because we know you're the best movie podcast in the world. And I just really want um, you to also give a shout out to me, the greatest singer of all time. And I said, you got it, Rod. You got it. I know you uh, remind people about Space a lot. So I'm, I'm sure that'll <laughs> remind people of, of my music. Yeah. Yes. Um, really, the uh, the big news of the week, unfortunately, is uh, Norman Lear passed away, um, which happened, I think, this morning. And he is um, I was reading that he was still like involved in making television like till last week. Yeah. And he died at one hundred and one. That's so old. I know. I mean, yeah, literally right here. He was developing a reboot of Mary Hartman. Um, and it's just, uh, it's, it's really fascinating. I know a lot of people loved him from Sanford and Sons and um, a lot of older sitcoms. He, he's like credited for making sitcoms of how they are. Um, yeah, I think he's on a tear in the 70s or something. Yeah. Uh, I know Carrie always really uh, loved him and uh, you know, he's a little bit before our time, but we, we do love our, our classic TV and um, so many times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess this big one too is all in the family. Um, Maud. I mean, he, he's literally, if you go to his IMDB page, he has 382 credits and um, I mean, it's from everything from documentaries to uh, sitcoms. Uh, oh, but why Carrie always loves them. He's the next producer on the princess bride. Um, yeah. The Jeffersons facts of life. Yeah. One Good day at a time. Wow. Tons of uh, all in the family spinoffs. 
Yeah, it just seems like uh, and from all accounts, like everything I've read on tributes to him, because um, was he was uh, very well liked, and he is also a writer on the Chappelle Show. I mean, come on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's a producer on Divorce America Style, which has Dick Van Dyke in it. Yep. So, uh, quite the, uh, quite the career. Um, and he never retired. Him. No, he just kept working, man. Just hey, kept doing it. If you can still do it, you know, I, I do know that it's one of those things where, uh, the older you get, you got to stay busy and you, you can, um, live longer and, just keep doing it. And and just so you know, he has uh he also voices uh himself on an episode of The Simpsons. Um so yeah, just a huge icon of TV. Yeah, that's that's the big movie news of the week. Remember, Rod Stewart, swing time, February twenty-third. <laughs> this is what we watched this week. So uh yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what'd you watch this week? Uh, let's see. Um, last week, did I talk about the Cabbage Patch Kids movie? No, I didn't even know there was a Cabbage Patch Kids movie. <laughs> well, it's a, it's not really that, a movie of that. It's a documentary called... Oh, Wait. okay. <laughs> I, I thought it was literally like babies that grow in cabbage or something. Uh, it is, actually. Um, but it is a Garbage Pail Kids movie. But no, this uh, so there's this documentary called Billion Dollar Babies about the story of the rise and fall of the Cabbage Patch Kids brand. Um, and it's one of the most disturbing documentaries I've ever seen. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, did you know about Babyland? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, let's uh let's roll back to 1977. I think it was. <laughs> nice. This goes alive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Cabbage Patch, the the craze happens about 83, 82, <laughs> 83. Um, but way back in 1977, uh, in Georgia, uh. Before these are a thing, there is a place called Babyland where the local folk would. Uh, it's kind of like a Disneyland for uh, delivering babies. What? Yeah, uh, it's it's like this little baby hospital. You can go in, and they have uh, these little. Uh, they're not dolls. You're not allowed to call them dolls. They're little people, and you go uh, to this Babyland to adopt little people. Um, they wait. Have... You adopt a you adopt a per an actual person. No, you adopt this plush. Oh, I thought you're going there to adopt <laughs> a little person. I was like, what the fuck? Well, that's how that's in your imagination. That's what you're supposed to be doing, but mm. in physical reality, it is this <laughs> plush. There's the big thing about Cabbage Patch Kids is you're not allowed to call them dolls because they are not dolls. Know. They are they are people. Oh, okay. They're actual people. Um, so anyway, uh, this thing that people would regularly do is go to Babyland, and they would get to go pick a little person from the Cabbage Patch, and a person in an overcoat and doctor stuff would stand over this Cabbage Patch and <laughs> pluck these little people out of the patch, and then you would Wait, have to do the paperwork. This, this isn't real. This cannot be real. It's totally real. They showed footage of it. It's oh on VHS. <laughs> quality video yeah uh so yeah you go you you get the baby you watch it get its uh inoculations <laughs> wait what yep <laughs> a real person goes through the trouble of inoculating it and doing all the doctorly stuff that you do when you uh deliver a child 
Um, and then, yeah, you get the papers you have to sign. Um, it comes with a name. And, yeah, you sign all the paperwork and you go home and you've, you've basically adopted a, ch- a child from the Cabbage Patch. And so... Uh, okay. Uh, this guy, uh, Xavier Roberts, <laughs> creator, quotes, of the Cabbage Patch uh, kids, uh, was like, I should find a way to mass market and monetize that. Um, so, yeah, I think he's responsible for, like, the original Babyland. Um, and then uh, he took it and sold it to Coleco. Gave the rights to okay. Coleco. And Coleco, obviously responsible for ColecoVision, was like, We're, we really do uh, computer games, so let's try this doll thing. And then they're like, hey, we need to find, uh, like, what people like about Cabbage Patch Kids is their individuality. Like, the selling point was, hey, no two dolls are alike. Um, mm-hmm. So Coleco found a way to make that mass marketable, you know, mass producible. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, by uh, 1983, they're ready to put this thing out there. And even before it gets on shelves, people are going nuts over it. Um, and they kind of, the documentary suggested, like, that's kind of like the first Black Friday, uh, like the real breakdown of shopping for people is this craze of this doll that, um, you know, because like, even though they streamlined it, it was still hard to produce. So hmm. they uh, initially had tons of shortages. And that's why there was this craze of like, oh, yeah. You know, the kids see the commercials and they want one. If, you know, in the 80s, they felt like everyone had to give their kids everything they wanted. So no one said no. And so that was like the fist fights and the like stealing the dolls from the children in the store, all that craziness. Um, so, yeah, the documentary shows all that, goes through all that. Um, and then kind of towards the middle, it backtracks and shows like, hey, before Xavier Roberts, let's go back before Babyland. And then there's this woman and God, I really should not forget her name because it's it's so important um like legally she's not the uh creator of the cabbage patch kids um god what'd she call them <laughs> damn anyway, everything you're telling me is like blowing my mind yeah god, I, I, i'm sorry uh but it, so there's a woman in the appalachia who uh, create oh doll babies. So her creation was the doll babies, and she did it with like the the sculpted uh, fabric way. And basically, she used to sell. She gave a couple of her dolls to Xavier Roberts to sell at like a farmers market. And so he basically took those dolls and expanded upon it. And then uh, you know once the craze hit. She sued, even though she didn't want to. Like, she was never about the money. She just wanted, like, she was really into these, like, being real people. Uh, and it's, like, her art. So she's never thinking about money with it. Um, and so, yeah, eventually she sues. And uh, uh, it's, yeah, like, he won't really let it go. Like, even though you, you mm. hold them up side by side and you're like, oh, obviously, this is where they came from. Um, yeah. But there's, like, some technicality where, yeah, she didn't really get to keep credit for it. But she, he was uh, generous enough to pay her a little enough to like take care of her and the first generation of her kids. Huh. The idea. So it wasn't a total loss, but like it was still heartbreaking for her to see like her creation become this like mass produced commercial thing. Interesting. Um, yeah. And then like after 84, like Coleco went out of business. Wow. So like they had this other product called the Atom, which is like a home PC thing, video game system that didn't take off. And that like they sunk so mm-hmm. many, much cost into that, that even though the, Billion dollar babies didn't like they they 
made a ton of money. It wasn't enough to offset that. So like, yeah, I think, I don't know, Hasbro has it now or something, but weird. Yeah. But the, the, the baby land part of it was like, just like uh, humans, like we're just insane. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't understand, but okay. <laughs> like this is, I just feel like a pedophile watching this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is gross to me. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I think Weird. that's might be on Peacock, but I watched it at the theater. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's about it. Um, are we going to do silent night? As a uh, I watched thing? it. I, I wasn't going to do it as a main one. Yeah. Let's just do it together. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, I literally just went because my kid was in school and my wife works an overnight and I was really just looking for a movie that I could watch and still have time to go pick up my kid. And it happened to be silent night and the action's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, It's John, John Woo. I I think, I feel like John Woo should just be like the first unit director or second unit director on action films. Yeah. Because, like, it, I mean, the premise is interesting. I mean, it's pretty much no dialogue in the movie, except they fill you in through text messages on screen and, you know, random radio clips, either from police or from the radio. Um, the story is a guy's child is killed in a drive-by shooting. He chases down the guys responsible, and they shoot him in the throat, rendering him unable to talk. Hey, uh, do you uh, think his dad loved his kid a lot? I, I don't know. I can't tell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And uh, it, we first got out of the hospital. I mean, understandably, he became an alcoholic and depressed and um, shunned his he wife. Just, yeah, shunned his wife. And um, I, I felt really bad for her in this movie. Oh, yeah. Because like, whole, like the whole time I'm watching, I say, yeah, I understand why he is really hurting. But, but don't take I it mean, on your wife. Yeah, but I mean, he re- he recognized it at the end when he oh, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and I felt bad for her. I'm like, man, he's just he's a total fucking dick. Yeah, and and I, I don't know, man. I, I I hate now that studios take the cheap way and make blood CGI, um, because it was really apparent in this movie that all the squibs were CGI. Oh, I didn't notice. Oh yeah. <laughs> I did. I guess yeah, I was too distracted uh, by like I don't care about this piece of shit guy. Like on his revenge mission, <laughs> like he treated his wife like shit. She didn't deserve it, and yeah, he should be doing this. Yeah, yeah fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I understand if someone hurt my child, I might you know kill him, but <laughs> but yeah, because the guy is just not a good dude. So you have a hard time sympathizing with him. Yeah, and I think they know that because they just pepper the rest of the movie with just like rehashing like all his like him just flashing back to all his favorite moments <laughs> like with his kid and <laughs> yeah. uh, it was so comical when he's like watching his kid in like the baubles <laughs> in oh the, yeah at the that end, guy's layer I was, I was like this is me. so cheesy yeah it was i mean the action's cool um and i give it credit for being original um but that's pretty much where it ends you know what i mean yeah, for me. Uh, and then I, he, I mean, he, and they spent ahead, some sorry. time like building up, like, oh, he's training, to, like he's he spent a lot of time training to be a badass, which I guess you can do that in like eight months. 
so I, I did appreciate that he finally gets to do it. He just sucks at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's just, it's just one of those films that, you know, it, I, I mean, I can think of a worse way to spend an hour and a half, but I don't know. It, it took a long time to get to like him exacting his revenge. Um, yeah. 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 There's so uh, much like training buildup. Yeah. And even the part where the lady cop, I, I mean, I know she ended up dying, but he's like, yeah, fuck you. And he like throws her out on the street. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fuck you guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like what was the whole point of that? Like, yeah. And I get that he couldn't help her, but you know, it's just, he could have earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. Instead of driving around her in a circle. And I mean, I don't know. I guess it's just showing that he's like on a single mission of revenge and he doesn't yeah. care about anything else. He spends all the time like souping up his car, but he doesn't think to like put steel in the windows. <laughs> the back window is still glass. I'm just like, what the? Uh, so much of this is just like just not well thought out at all. Yeah, it's yeah. really just about looking cool, I think. And I appreciate yeah, you do being committed to like the silent part of it. Like, wow, yeah, you, that's you really... I mean, I give it credit for being you know at least interesting. Yeah. But... I don't know. I was like, yeah, you really can't just write stuff down for people to understand you, or you're really in a throw <laughs> yeah. away your expensive uh, <laughs> throat like, device like, I, thing. I'm not anything. Fuck yeah. all you guys. Literally have a texting machine in my pocket, but yeah. Then he, <laughs> the, I, I don't know, police detective or whatever <laughs> shows up at the end and, uh, like he really lets that girl go <laughs> and then obviously shoots him and then shoots the detective know, twice on the stomach. I thought I missed something in the, I thought he missed something in the movie. Like, why was he like nice to her? Yeah. Cause wasn't, wasn't that the girl who like looked Spilled at him and dumped the, her drink on him? <laughs> yeah. Dumped her green slime on him. Yeah. And then shot at him and shot him. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, and the whole time I said, man, did I miss the scene where like it's his sister or something? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It did not make but sense. Yeah. Like no reason to like let her off the hook. <laughs> I, I do give it credit for being creative. I will say that. Or unique, I guess, is a better word. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it definitely feels like s- some executive last year was like, hey, Violent Night worked. Let's put this out. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. get it. It's Christmas, and we can use night again. And I'm not even sure the original script had Christmas in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it happened, like, there's Christmas stuff at the beginning, and then... I don't like. Does the la- the guy, the bad well, guy's he goes layer on always rampage ha- on Christmas Eve? Right, but it feels like you could have like added that to the movie after the or first edit was done. Like hmm, this movie's <laughs> not really working. Let's uh, let's put Joel Kinnaman in a sweater and reshoot the beginning, <laughs> and we'll put some Christmas ornaments in the villain's layer at the end. Yeah, that's it. That's the- it. Did make me want to watch the Suicide Squad though. <laughs> yeah, I did think of Rick Flag the whole time for sure. You know, that's a fun movie. Yeah, in the middle, like he kidnaps like the accountant guy, and like he really like leaves the knife like right next to him. (laughs) I know to start that fight. Yeah, just kill him. (laughs) Just kill him. Who cares? (laughs) And then that, yeah, he goes through all that fight, and then I think like a week goes by, and then he delivers him to the detective. Like, where did like where did he keep him? And then like redress him, (laughs) like. And I like too, like you know, uh, one the detective's office. I'm like, damn, that's a really nice office. 
And then uh, when that dude is killing people and the detective makes it up there, he just gives them a nod like, yeah, let's kill these motherfuckers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Guess oh. we're teaming up. <laughs> oh, I didn't get that at all. I thought he was like, hey, you wasted my time. And he's like, okay, I'll remember you. And then I, I think once he gets the account like delivered to him, he's like, okay, now it's my time to take this on. Well, no, that's what I got from like when they were at the shootout at the drug house at the end. Oh, where he yeah. gave him a, a look like the Robert Redford, you know, with, with the beard, where he just nods in approval. I'm like, all right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Vigilante justice. I've been doing it. <laughs> that's the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> totally. My hands have been bound in this investigation by the law. Uh, I never really <laughs> expressed that earlier in the movie, but <laughs> since you wrote that letter to me, changed my mind. Yeah. Kill all just, these this is, I should have been doing this. I should have just walked into places and start killing people. I don't know. <laughs> also, like early on before he starts his like, crusade, he like, writes, kill them all on the calendar. I'm like, man, if you ever think you're going to get away with this, you probably shouldn't leave that evidence on the law. <laughs> right? Just literally. <laughs> yeah. Like, like even if it's just the like the 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 profile shots like you could be like oh well he did his own investigation but the kill them all part is like oh yeah it's definitely when kill them all <laughs> shit <laughs> yeah yeah and that's all i watched this week oh really that's it for you yeah i mean i i watched uh uh i mean i watched old stuff like the monster squad on 4k which looks great um and Anna and the Apocalypse, because Laura wanted to watch a Christmas movie with Callan, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to watch like a normal Christmas movie. So we watched that and Jingle All the Way. Um, yeah, that's about it. You know what I've been meaning to talk about like for weeks, but always forget to is the Creator, which I guess we're definitely uh, not doing an episode for. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it yet, and I, you know, Kellen really wants to see that movie. Yeah, I, I, like. It's it's I've been waiting to say it, but really the only thing I can say about it is like it looks gorgeous, but the story story is not that interesting. Like it's mm. it's pretty much the Mandalorian. <laughs> um yeah. But, but without the cute baby Yoda. Yeah, well damn, that's harsh to say that child. <laughs> well, it's not really a child, it's a robot that the back of its head's missing. That's what the movie's about. Is it really a child or is it yeah. <laughs> Are we just discriminated against robots? Yeah, it's if you've if you're into sci-fi, that's like not. <laughs> it's a story you've encountered many many times. Like, mm. are the robots worth? Is C three PO worthy of uh, its own sentience, uh, being respected as as a as a as a, as a being or not? Mm. Um, but yeah, the, like the the CGI and the effects are just incredible. Like, just some of the best I've seen. So that between that and Godzilla, knocking it out of the park as far as realistic stuff going on. Nice. Yeah. Did Very I do, cool. Um, did you go ahead? Uh, did, I, uh, did I do uh, next goal wins? No. Oh yeah, I saw that too. That was good. It looks fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's one of those movies though that didn't do well. So it was one I wanted to watch yesterday, but there's always like one showing at six p.m. Yeah, it, like the the yeah the sports. It's based on a true story, so there's that, but also. The comedic presentation of it from Taika is interesting for something that's kind of like you, like most heroic sports stories, you know where it's going probably. Yeah. Uh, so he put some spins on it that are pretty amusing, but um, yeah, it's it's not like, oh wow, this is, I haven't seen this before. 
Um, mm. So, but I, it's I think it's fun enough to give it a watch. I, I feel like it suffered like there's this backlash against it for for some reason because of Thor. For what? For Thor. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But I mean, the, what we do in the Shadow Show is great. That movie's great. Um, yeah, even Thor's not that bad. <laughs> like, because Ragnarok is brilliant. I don't think Love and Thunder is bad. Yeah, it's it's not as brilliant as Ragnarok, but it's still no, it's a God's fun movie. Parts, yeah. Um. So yeah, but that's what I heard anyway. <laughs> Fuckers. Um. Next week, probably the movie we should do is The Boy and the Heron. But um, I I feel like Eileen looks really weird. And I kind of <laughs> want to see it. <laughs> I'm going to see both. So, um, so I'm going to say it's going to be Eileen because people won't expect us to do that one. Ooh, it'll and piss off Corinne for sure. I know. I know. And then I don't have to listen to Corinne talk about the boy and his, and the heron for like, you know, 50 minutes. So win win for me. Eh, it's a Miyazaki movie. I'm sure. Oh, it, I mean, it looks stunning. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not disparaging it. It's just, um, I really do it to be an asshole because people expect it because that's, you know, the big movie this week. And that Eileen movie just looks really weird and fascinating to me, which could go either way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those, those movies can either be really cool or bizarre. Like I said, I'm hoping that it's something like when I saw Tar last year, which I thought was really great. Um, mm, yeah. Good call. I got the same vibes from it. But yeah. Like I said, I, I, I pretty much see like a movie a night, so I'll, I'll get around to both for sure. Yeah, I know. I've been seeing what you've been posting. I'm jealous. I feel like um, I need to take like a week off and just see a movie a day, you know? Um, but yeah. Yeah. Also, so we, uh, got, we got a film explosion 2023 coming up. Oh, that's right. We do. January 7th, we will be recording that. Um, so start yeah. thinking about your list and send them to us. I'll start promoting it. Um, cause that comes up faster than you think. Holy cow. And yep. Um, yeah, we'll see you at the movies. Bye. Well, a real nerd knows who shot him. A real nerd can follow the plot. And a real nerd will turn out all the gods. Lights, camera, action. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.